Self-care game podcast should not be considered as or replaced with therapy. If you're currently experiencing a mental health crisis, please reach out to your local mental health authority or the suicide crisis hotline. What's up, gang? How are y'all? It's your girl. It's your girl, Des, aka it's Desi Cakes, aka who am I gonna be? I'm gonna be Melissa Ford in light of what we have to talk about today. Okay. Well, hey, y'all. It's your girl, Devin, also known as Sent from Devin, also, excuse me, also known as Chloe Bailey. Okay, look at us getting right to it. Do you know a lot about M- Melissa Ford? Like, is there? Mm-mm, I don't. Okay, so I actually want to share just a little bit because I don't think that she gets the flowers that she deserves because, like, people really just take her as, like, for dumb um, just because of, like, her body and, like, the fact that she's been a video vixen and all that. But um, so she recently, well, the last couple of years have been pretty rough for her. Because uh, she's had like a series of unfortunate events where she was in a rollover car accident and suffered a traumatic brain injury. Um, and then she recovered from that. And then she was um, she was previously a host at uh, uh, Hollywood Unlocked, which is that podcast with Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. And um, she was a really big. So she was on there before the accident. She recovered from the accident, came back for a little bit. And then she left because her mom died of cancer. Um, and she's actually like a Canadian citizen and she's really, really, really intelligent, like super intelligent. Like those people that use big words unintentionally, that's her, like, Mm. like a walking dictionary. Um, and I don't think that she gets the credit that she deserves. Like I used to be a really big fan of Hollywood Unlocked and I still like respect Jason Lee and the podcast and everything, but I, I just hate to see her go, um. Like, I know, obviously, she just had a lot to deal with. But with everything going on, like, she had um, just thoughts of suicide and, like, a really deep depression and everything. And, you know, I think that me kind of getting to know her more through that platform just made me, you know, just made her look more human. And, you know, I just feel like in light of what we have to talk to talk about today, you know, we should just remember that everybody is a human no matter how large of a butt they have or how curvy they are. And we all have something to offer the world. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Well. Yeah. Today. I know that was random, but I really stand Melissa Ford, and I thought about her the other day because I watched um, Three Can Play That Game, which is like the sequel to Two Can Play That Game, and you 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 probably haven't watched it because it's it's really not worth watching. But she was in there, and she played like the typical. Um, sexy, um, sexy girl character. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just reminded me of her, and yeah. So I just hope that she is doing well, and um, and she had a podcast too called um, Food for Thought, and it was like a really mm-hmm. big like women kind of empowerment pl- platform. Like they talked about different subjects and stuff, and it was really good. So I just hate that you know she kind of had to redirect herself because of everything going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyways, how was your week? It was pretty cool. I just worked for the most part. Um, that's really all I've been doing, just working and 
balancing my social life and all those good things. Um, and this week I dropped the ebook, um, mm-hmm. attention, an intentional goal setting ebook. Um, you can get it. The link is in Self Care Gang um, Instagram um, bio, <laughs> and it's also in my bio as well. It's only ten dollars. You get like a intentional goal setting guide, so it not only helps you set your goals, but also sets your intentions for the year or the month. You can reuse it anytime you need to reset those things. And it also comes with a guided meditation to help you meditate on your goals and intentions. So yeah, um, that's available. So that's what I dropped this week. But that's all that's been going on. Girl, that's good. I saw you drop that, and I was like, dang. This is like a sign because I really need to work. Finish, girl. I, need to, I started my plant ebook, but I just need to pick it back up and really uh, put it out there. But um, this week was kind of a little difficult. Like, you know, my with my therapist, I've been doing brain spotting. And so I rarely dream. Like I told you this, but I'm going to tell the audience. I rarely dream. Like, I know they say that everybody dreams, but I'm one of those people who, out of every two months, I can probably only have one dream that I actually remember. Um, mm-hmm. The rest of them, like, I just go to sleep and I wake up. Um, so, since I've been doing brain spotting, I've been having not just dreams, but, like, vivid dreams, like, that feel real and mm-hmm. that involve, like, people around me and people, I, like, I've some of the people I've talked about, like, in therapy... Some of the people are just like, you know, random people from like Instagram because, you know, we see their images all the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just been really feeling crazy. And like you told me that with the brain spotting and the EMDR, it'd be draining and stuff. I don't feel drained just yet, but it's definitely kind of like I, I can tell that it's opening something up because. I just feel like a little a little different about stuff. And these dreams just feel a little too too real and weird. Mm-hmm. So well, exactly what you're talking about. I feel like we talked about this last week though. Did we? Yeah, I think um, so. Well <laughs> well them dreams just they still coming, so it's just it's still weird. Um it's and because of all that, girl and her having me talk to my inner child and stuff, child. I done went and bought six more plants this week. Oh Lord. <laughs> So now I'm up to like 24 plants, but I'm going to be having a plant sale. So y'all make sure y'all follow me on Instagram at it's Desi Cakes. And it's going to be local to only DFW because I'm not shipping anything. I don't, I don't agree with shipping plants or at least I don't know how to ship plants and guarantee that they still are alive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so y'all follow me, check, um, look out for the plant sale because I got to get rid of some of this stuff. Winston is sick. Okay, he is tired of me coming home with new babies. He's like, I'm your only baby. What is this that you done brought home? Mm-mm. He's tired of it. He's mm. tired of it. <laughs> All right, okay. well, I guess we'll go ahead and get into the media segment, or unless you have something else. No, that's it. I was just about to say that, too. <laughs> All right, y'all, let's hop into media. First off, happy Black History Month. Like, period. So, happy Black History Month. 
Yeah, like it's it's our time to shine. It's always our time to shine, but now it's our time to shine extra hard. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just kind of want to share like a little bit of um, history on Black History Month. And I don't know if y'all follow her, but on Instagram, her name is Sing, Cor- uh, Sing Kirby Sing. And she's actually a singer and her songs are really, really good. Um, but she also makes um, videos and she made this video in particular about why Black History Month is in February. So y'all make sure y'all go to her Instagram and check it out. But basically, um, it started off as a week by Dr. Carter G. Woodson. And it was in February because um, basically back then at that time, a lot of black events were held in February. And, um, you know, people important to the emancipation of slaves, their birthdays were in February. So it just naturally they just picked the second week in February. So it became a month um, once one of the presidents approved for it to be a month. And y'all, that was just in 1976. What? My mom was four years old when it became Black History Month. That's crazy. Crazy as hell because white people love to act like slavery was so long ago. And like, yeah, people weren't slaves in 1975. But what I'm saying is like, we were still getting like rights and still shoot we still trying to fight for equal rights Mm -hmm. so it's just crazy but yeah that's why it's in february so it ain't like they were trying to shortchange us it was already a week and they just gave us the whole month um and it was already in february it wasn't because of that but you know the seal yeah yeah it just i mean it do seem a little shady but we do have Valentine's Day in this month. So it's like a month of love and, you know, a month of black people. So we love black people. True, true, true. Okay. Thank you for providing that information, sis. Yeah. Um, Educate us. <laughs> so now to the team. So apparently, Nick Cannon is the host again. For Wild and Out. And I'm just like, what was the point? Like, what was the point of all that? If y'all want to turn around and just be like, you can host it again. Like, really, what was the point? Girl, they were just trying to show him that he wasn't above nothing just because he made it all this money. Girl. I really, I feel like it was a flex of power. They knew good and goddamn well how they got anybody else to host Wild and Out. For one, half the people, most of the cats said they wouldn't go back if it wasn't Nick. They even offered, what's his name? Uh, DC Young Fly. They offered him the position as a host and he turned it down. And as an audience. How would he? Right. And as an audience, yeah, he turned it down. He said he wouldn't cross Nick. And I think we talked about that on one of our episodes. But as an audience, we wouldn't watch Wildin' Out if it wasn't Nick Cannon. So, like, there's no way that, there's no one that they could have gotten that would convince black people to come back to watching that. Mm-hmm. It's just, no, like, we know it's, to, we know Nick Cannon for two things. I mean, we know him for a, a multiple things, but when I think of Nick, Nick Cannon, I think of the fact that he cannot rap <laughs> and that he hosts Wildin' Out. <laughs> and they joke about him not rapping. So, like, come on, like, anybody else that would have just been like, eh, womp, womp. Yeah, yeah, true. 
that was just like a waste of time though i just don't even understand what was the point we could have been having more episodes like it's just like mm-hmm. y'all are annoying y'all put people out of work because it is not just nick exact in the middle of a panorama right in a in the middle of a panini Y'all took away people's jobs because somebody made a mistake. We all make mistakes. Like, okay. Like, he said what he said. He apologized for offending people. And you move on. Like, white people offend us every damn day. Every Every damn damn day. day. (laughs) Damn. Child, like, I'm sick of it. But, yeah, so I'm glad that he's back. But I hope that he got his affairs in order. Like, I think Nick Cannon is a very smart businessman, but when all that stuff came out, it was apparent that he didn't own, you know, wilding out, like, the name and, you know, kind of, like, the trademark and all of that. So, I just hope that with him coming back, he's negotiated ownership of that to where even if something did happen, like, it's his. Because it's it's literally Nick Cannon presents wilding out. That's the full exactly. name. Exactly. So, but you know, white folks have a way of taking advantage of people's stuff. Like, um, wasn't it that one white girl who was an um, influencer and everything and some company basically like took ownership of her name and trademarked it and all that and she couldn't use it anymore? What? Yeah, I cannot remember her name, but that happened. I remember seeing that like last year. I think somebody was telling me that something like that happened with Drea back in the day with fine-ass girls. And that's why it, like, went away for a while. Because, like, somebody... Yeah, that's another topic, though, because I feel like that whole brand is colors. Ooh, child. Okay. Um, Yeah, you know, this is a conversation for another day. But (laughs) (laughs) just the, the moral of the story is get your affairs in order so can't nobody take your shit, Okay. Trademark, yeah, copy mark, um, or copyright, all of that. Like, make sure your shit is your shit and nobody can take it from you. Even if you can't, even if one day you were to lose their fund or whatever, you should still have, you know, your name. Like, what what they say? What's the old black saying? If you ain't got nothing else, you got your name or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so that's that. But I also wanted, girl, I wanted to talk about this bullshit because, you know, we're in Black History Month, but it's very obvious that white privilege is, like, still a thing. So this kid, I don't know if y'all have seen this article. I haven't seen it everywhere as it should be, you know, kind of like last week with that football, the white football player, like that shit Mm -hmm. getting brushed on the rug and not being real news. But... Mm -hmm. Um, so this kid in Philly, um, came up with this idea. His name, he's a, it's a white kid, but his name is like Andre Dorson, Dorson. I don't know. But basically he has a graduate degree in psychology and he has no background in healthcare whatsoever. And he came up with this whole like nonprofit for him to be able to, um, test people for COVID, right? So, you know, Mm -hmm. that's how he kind of got a little buzz with everything because they were testing a lot of people. Then he wanted to approach the city of Philadelphia and getting, like, allegedly getting funding or support support and backing in regards to him being able to vaccinate people. So his logic, now, again, he has no background in healthcare whatsoever, and he's 22 years old. His, Mm -hmm. His basically... Um, his pitch about it was the fact that he's going to 
vaccinate you know more people than anybody else and he wants to have it on kind of like an assembly line type thing like mm-hmm. you know like uh, that made me think of like the Jetsons like when they on the conveyor belt and you just get a shot and then the next person just you know I was just like what okay and um, he was going to get money by billing although it would be free vaccines he was still going to bill insurance companies for the dose so anyways basically the city of Philadelphia gave him these damn vaccines mm-hmm no background in healthcare whatsoever and gave his organization the vaccines. Mm-hmm. So then he changed, he allegedly changed the company from a nonprofit to a for-profit and they were collecting, like literally the city of Philadelphia was sending, um, had it on their website allegedly for people to register through their website to sign up to get the vaccine. So people was putting in their personal information, setting appointments, but then they would get to the appointment and their appointment would be canceled or they say there was like some mix up or whatever. So not even all the people that was registered and set an appointment were able to get vaccinated. Then on top of that, um, one of the people that worked there said that allegedly after one of the, like after, basically at the end of the day, they always had like extra vaccines. So they'd be like, oh, call your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you can um, to get down here to get these vaccines. Cause like we have too many. And, you know, they were trying to meet, like, a quota because he has this idea that he's going to vaccinate the most people, right? Which, it doesn't make sense if you turn people away. So, anyways, basically, one of the workers also said that he they saw him allegedly put some of the vaccines in his pocket. And he said the only person that he vaccinated was his girlfriend. So... You know, when the city of Philadelphia was like, okay, where are the numbers? Like, you know, where's all this information for all these people that signed up? Y'all, he didn't have none of the information. He said, oh, we lost it. Um, You know, we don't have it. Da, da, da. And they weren't. So apparently when you get the vaccine, you're supposed to have like a incubation period where I think for maybe like 15 minutes after you get it administered, like they just watch you. Well, because he had no background in healthcare, like none of that was done properly. And yeah, it was just like a shit show. Uh, so the city of Philadelphia, like, then announced that they don't have any affiliation with him. They um, stopped giving him vaccinations to be able to administer. And they found out that he turned it to, from a nonprofit to a two, for profit. And it was just a whole ass mess. And I'm like, there is no way that a black man who is 22 years old would have been able to pitch this idea and get approved for this shit. With with no background in healthcare, no nothing. Like this this white boy really just woke up one day and said, "I'm gonna be the next Bill Gates, and I'm gonna just come up with some like what's the quickest way? Oh, vac- you know, testing for COVID and that COVID vaccinations. That's the quickest route. I'm gonna get state funding. And this nigga like really got these vac. Y'all just handed hundreds and thousands of vaccinations out to a kid to have this assembly line and getting people vaccinated. I'm speechless. I can't even put my... I didn't know about this. Girl, like, y'all skipped over all these nonprofits and everything else that have been doing this for years and have the background and the setup and all this for a kid who just filed some damn papers. That's crazy. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's 
another what are we gonna call this another day in white bullshit another day in white privilege like yeah like it i just was i couldn't believe this article when i read it i thought it was like fake or something but it's just not getting the circulation that um it was actually on npr.com and it's not getting the circulation that it should be because we should all know this guy's name and he should be in jail he should, period. So like, he's not gonna go to jail. Yeah. Like I wanna know what's going on with the people that ran up in the Capitol. What's going on with them? Right, girl, and I'm happy that we haven't heard Trump name in a while. But yeah, I need all of them people to be arrested too. I just want I just want the white people to get what they I mean, deserve. They've been arrested, but I need to hear charges and then want to. All they they can could not have possibly arrested all of them. Oh, but you know what I did see on CNN. Mm-hmm. Most of the people who were at that Capitol did not even vote. Really? Yes. Mm, I'm not surprised. Like so, who? What you talking about? Stop the steal. <laughs> And most of these motherfuckers then didn't even vote. You, you are the steal. You still, you still, cause you didn't even fucking vote. Like, Wait, I was somebody what? goes. <laughs> oh what my god. He didn't want to be president. I, I really believe he did not want to be president. I think it was a joke at first, and he was just like, "Oh shit." It's going too far. And it went too far. Mm-hmm. And then he just, and then he got up there. He realized he got all that, he had all the power he had. And he was just like, well, I might as well. Shit. Yeah. And that's basically what he was doing. I think he I looked at he it like. A game. I just don't think he was, he took this seriously. Yeah. I think he looked at it like, um, oh shit. Well, now that I'm here, I'm going to set myself up for success after this is done. So I'm going to create the relationships that I need and like approve shit for my friends so that when this is all done, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, I got my connections and my money and all this stuff, but baby, I'm still waiting on him to, um, that impeachment trial. Cause even though he's not president anymore, um, still gonna do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would still go through a trial because like we mentioned on the last episode, I think, um, I think we talked about it, but basically he would lose his like, quote, quote unquote, basically like the retirement benefits of being Which the he president. he fucking get anyways. And not after the capital shit, he probably would have got away with it without that. Mm-hmm. He did uh, get away with it. They tried the last impeachment and that really, from my understanding of everything, it didn't really do anything to him. So, but yeah, um... I also wanted to give a shout out to Ari Lennox, bro. She has really, you know, Ari was going live on Instagram at the beginning of COVID. My twin. And, oh yeah, your twin. People swear I look like her. <laughs> bro, she was getting herself in trouble on these lives because she was just like she was talking too much, just like Summer. Yeah, she was talking too much, and she was like. I couldn't tell that she was drunk on there or if that was just her real personality. I think it's her personality. But no, like she would have a bottle and be drinking though. Like, cause I, me- I remember one live I watched, she literally got ready to go out and people was asking her where she going. She was never answering it. She got ready to go out 
And at the end, she was going out to her house. Like, she wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> but she was drunk. She was drunk? <laughs> I, don't think it, I don't think she wasn't going anywhere because she was drunk. I think that she just never had plans to go anywhere and just uh-huh. wanted to get ready on live. And, like, you know, have that feeling in the middle of COVID. Like, oh, I'm getting ready to go out somewhere, but you're not, you know? Yeah. But she was drinking the yeah, whole time. I know a lot of people that do. Well, I know a lot of influencers that do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but by the end of it, she was drunk. For sure. Um, allegedly, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think I think she kind of struggled with the transition between being just, you know, a regular civilian and being and becoming famous, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that become famous struggle with their transition because now I can get on my lives and say, well, I mean, professionally, I have to kind of watch what I have to say. But I can say pretty much anything that I want to, and it won't end up on the shade room. Mm -hmm. But as a celebrity, it will end up on the shade rooms, all the gossip blogs. People going to write think pieces on what you talked about. And I I think she had a hard time adjusting to that. I mean, but fortunately, she didn't say anything too bad where it, like, canceled her. And she started to realize those lives were getting her in trouble. Yeah. Um, but the glow, the real glow up is the fact that she went on this fitness journey, cut out alcohol and sugar and sis is looking good. Like she just, and she cut her hair too. And it's just like a true black girl magic moment. Like, because she really, you just really see her like transforming. And it's not just because like, oh, to like look good or to like get in shape per se. You could see that she needed a break from her mm-hmm. norm to like give herself, you know, strength, like to show, cause she even said like, Oh, I never believed I could be this strong. And I think it was just oh, really like, it's about cutting off your hair, honey. And just does it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't gone through that. I kind of want to, but I don't know. I feel like I should have did it a long time ago. I went through it and it was when my life was shit and it was great. I mean, like, I would never cut my hair off again. I don't think I'm a short-haired person, even though people was like, it's so cute on you. It was. I didn't like it. I don't like it personally. I like having hair. I like I won't, I won't. like the big fro. It's either the big fro or locks for me. And, yeah. But I'm so proud of her. I'm glad she did the glow up. Honestly, I'm thinking about doing that soon. Honestly, I may do a challenge here soon around that and some other things. So, y'all be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to do it soon because... I have gained a lot of weight. I've been talking to you about it. I mean, some people like that a lot, but I feel like, and you're already small, but that don't matter. That's kind of like telling people, well, at least you don't have it as bad as other people. And I know I don't, mm-hmm. but I'm still not used to gaining this type of weight and literally not fitting any of my pants. So it's been kind of difficult for me. Um, so I think I'm going to do something like that. And I've been drinking more, you know, the holidays, you just drink more in general. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, I didn't do dry January, but a bitch needs to take a, a break from drinking. So I'm probably going to do that soon. Yeah. I normally, like the last couple of years I've been doing uh, the Daniels fast in January and I didn't do it this year. And I felt like guilty because normally I do it with my uh, church. And mm-hmm. so I felt like super guilty. And so I was like, damn, I could have at least did dry January. But I think, shoot, I think I was with you for New Year's. So that wasn't, <laughs> like, that was automatic drinking. And then your birthday. 
Maybe I'll do something like in between after Valentine's Day, in between the spring break time frame. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Oh so, yeah. Congrats to Ari. Proud of the Black Girl Magic. Um, but outside of that, um, do you see Jeff Bezos? Is that his name? Bezos. 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 Whatever. <laughs> um, he stepped down for as CEO of Amazon. Mm-hmm. In midst of the theft, wage theft allegations, he basically said, "That ain't me. That's him." <laughs> <laughs> I just like, think what? I don't. I just think that he naturally is just like tired of being like the face face of Amazon. Like you know, like he will always be the face of Amazon. Because we will always mm-hmm. think of him as such. And it, he mm-hmm. started it. But I think that... Because um, the position that he came, he came up with and gave himself <laughs> um, is, like, related to, like, being, like, the invention part or, like, the next... Basically thinking of their next big steps and all that. And I think, personally, I think uh, that's just more so his lane. Like, I think that he prefers to do that than to be this in the CEO role. So Yeah, because he's always in the damn news. And I would be tired of it. Because he seems like he's just like an, like an inventor of our generation. Mm-hmm. Just like Thomas Edison, even though he used to steal a lot of people's shit. Um, <laughs> a lot of black people's shit. Yeah. Girl, I got to see that podcast. I didn't know he was still... Like, he literally did that for a living. Like, he, like, just used to steal other people, other inventors' ideas and claim it as his own. And he had more money, so he had he could like literally legally claim it. Then um, just capitalism, white supremacy bullshit. Oh my basically. goodness! You know, Girl, yeah. You yeah, know what shit. that reminds me of? Who? It's a black movie. Damn, what's the name of it? With Forrest Whitaker. Let me look it up. Movie with Forrest Whitaker. I actually watched it. It's like a um, it's kind of like a kid movie, and the mom from uh, the Cosby Show is in there. Um, but damn. Oh, Jingle Jangle. That's what it's called. Okay. So I watched that because like, you know, it's the black movie and, um, that's actually what that movie is about, but it's not a white guy that stole from him. It's like a light skinned black guy. Um, colorism, which is another product of white supremacy. So it all ties together. Right. But that movie is <laughs> the movie is it, actually really good. Um, and it just, you know, it shows a black man that was successful and then somebody stole his ideas and then they continue to try to steal his ideas. And, you know, him just like questioning his purpose, his worth and all that. And then like, you know, a kid coming around and like inspiring him to, to start all over. I need to watch it. But, you know, I don't watch TV like that. But since I got this TV in my living room now, I may watch TV a little bit more. Yeah, but it was good. Okay. So if y'all have, you know... Well, you don't you don't have to have kids to watch it. I watched it with my siblings, and we all shit twenties. Um, so yeah, it was good though. I watched it with my family. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the same thing. So yeah, I just feel like he's just tired of like yeah that whole wage theft allegations going on. But I feel like 
every company has some shit. I just think that we see more about Amazon because like that's our everyday. That's pretty much in everybody's life. Everybody Literally, got like regular like I use Amazon all the time. Right. It's so it's so convenient. Like they literally have pickup spots where you can pick up things mm-hmm. that you need, order it and pick it up literally the next day. Yeah. Oh, and you I know, I forgot it. to talk about that. My grocery delivery experience because I've been using Walmart and a bitch is lit because I hate grocery shopping. And mm-hmm. this is my workaround. And it's actually like, I think even with Walmart, it's only like $100 for the whole year to get them mm-hmm. delivered and they deliver it right to your door. So that's been lit. But yeah, like everybody uses Amazon in one way or another. Either you have a Prime membership or you ordering something on there. You can't Google nothing without Amazon popping up. So, yeah, I think that's why we see so much news. Because all these big companies got shit going on. Like, all of them. Yo, yo, car insurance company. Yo, uh, mortgage company. Like, all of them have shit going on. Like, remember Bank of America had that whole issue with um, racism coming out where... It literally, they had evidence to where they were discriminating against black people as far as mortgages mm-hmm. and the rates. Like, I, I just think that Amazon just gets a lot of FaceTime because it's in our face. We just all are used to it. So I feel like they still doing some fraud shit. For somebody to be that rich, you gotta do some fraud shit. Um, well, I don't disagree, but, yeah. but, but are we gonna <laughs> cancel our memberships? No, I'm still gonna use it. Right. I mean, because it's just like <laughs> ideally all your races. So it's just like we can't cancel everything. Right. But yeah. Um, I'm waiting on some shit to come Monday. <laughs> okay. And Chief Elaine's going to call me a nigga to my face. <laughs> I'm playing. I don't even eat Chick-fil-A like that. I just saw that on the name and that was funny. They're going to be like, my pleasure, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I'll beat that. But next up is Cardi B drops a new song. Um, and I don't like it. But it's a mess it's around the kitchen. It's up. It's up. <laughs> okay. It was one part that she said, are you with a nigga because you know he love a toxic bitch? I said, I clutched my pearls. I said, wow. Girl, you you clutched your pearls and twerked to it because... <laughs> I did because I was like, but she, and I hate to say it though, but she's not lying. Well, not all men like toxic girls, but it's just like, when you really get to talk to somebody, oh no, I've had experience where we argue and it kind of like Turns them on. Yeah, I think everybody like a little a little toxic. I think there are levels to you know. It's like there are levels to crazy that people accept. So like yeah. niggas like a crazy girl, but it's like they don't want you to yeah. keep their car crazy. They want you to like cut yeah. them out crazy. Yeah, because a little like um, just a little bit of jealousy and a little bit of stop playing with me, like kind of <laughs> turns me on a little bit when when my man do that towards me. I'm like okay. Girl, good night. I didn't mean to. Just <laughs> a little, but when he becomes like controlling, that's when he becomes a problem. Right. Like, don't be tracking me. Okay. So, but- yeah, but it's a lot of controversy around it because apparently there's a song from some rappers from Baton Rouge and it's similar. Um, and I listen to it and it does, it is similar and it sounds like they had that same, they've been saying that, but the thing is, it's up, been around. 
So what it was is like, it was a guy from the East coast that he has a song that sounds similar to Cardi, but it's a rapper. Okay. So the saying is up is, is stuck is a Baton Rouge saying. And there was a rapper who I think he has already passed who had like a song with that phrase, but I don't think that was a song that's exactly like Cardi's. The song that's like Cardi's is this other guy who has mm-hmm. a saying that's on the East Coast, and it's like, well, how, you know, I don't know. It was just, it's just a lot. I so, just feel like when it comes to like sayings and stuff, if you didn't trademark it, I'm sorry. Like, that's just like the nature of like our generation now. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? I don't I think... to be rude like that, but I just feel like you need to, like, you know, I just feel like as, Black people and black entertainers and entrepreneurs and business owners, we have to move a little bit smarter mm-hmm. and we have to get those things in place. But also when you trademark something um, and you get a L and you like incorporate your business as an LLC or whatever you want to, when you submit the documents and if somebody else already has it or they just did it just because, you know, they want it, mm-hmm. they seen you come up with the idea and they want it. Um, you can definitely like fight that and show that if you can show that you've had this name, this is name, and you've been using this for a long time, you will most likely re- win that trademark back. You yeah. know what I mean? So, well, I think it's less about the phrase itself because, like, yeah, okay, that phrase it's just like with any song, you know, anybody can have a song about peaches and cream or you know, anything else, but mm-hmm. I think it's more so like literally it had the song that was similar to hers from the East Coast rapper, it had the same lyrics on the hook, which is, it's up and it's up and it's up. It, so it had the same flow and it had the same beat. So like, I think there's a difference between... It did between, have a similar beat. Yeah, it did have a similar beat and it did have a similar flow. Because it's like, you could say it's up and it's stuck without it being like, it's up and it's up and it's up and it's stuck. Yeah, but at the same um, I get that, and I definitely understand the frustration. And I'm like, and if it was me as an artist, I'd probably be like, she kind of snatched that from me. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's just like I don't know how to put this. Like, <laughs> this, like music repeats itself. Beats repeats itself. Most of these beats have like kind of like the same baseline, all that. And not saying she didn't steal that from them. I'm just saying, like, it. I mean, it's kind of hard to prove it. You know what I mean? Maybe her team did take some some stuff from that. But I just feel like Cardi is a, she has a, she's a multimillionaire, if not billionaire. And she has a very, probably experienced team. And I just see the likelihood of her actually stealing that kinda on the lower side personally. Well, I don't think that Cardi I don't think Cardi B stole it. I think that somebody within the team dropped a ball and, you know, maybe submitted something that somebody else was already in use of because it's it's just too similar. And people sue all the time over similarities in songs or mentionings in songs. Like like Nick Minaj had to do that settlement with um with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it happens a lot and you, as long as you can prove in court, the, the similarities between it, you can win. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I just think that there's a difference between like, oh, we saying the same shit, you know, like, oh, you, you know, but, and it being the same thing, the same type of flow with it. 
and a similar beat. Like I, I like you basically took my song and you a bigger artist, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I don't think it was Cardi. I don't think yeah. that it's her fault. I wanna know you think it was her team because if you look at her flow, that's how Cardi flows. <laughs> that's really how she flows. I just think music repeats itself. It's a lot of music that's similar. I don't a think I don't think it's an I don't think it's honestly, enough chances. Because honestly, when she was rapping, she was sounding like Offset to me. Like she was sounding like Migos and all. It's her music sounds like the Migos. Well, era okay, so like verse wise, yeah, like that's Cardi. But what I'm saying, what the the issue is, the chorus because that chorus mm-hmm. is damn near the same as his. Like she's just yeah. a female saying it instead of him. But I also don't think it's hard to come up with a chorus like that. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple. I don't know. I just don't. I mean, I get it. I get the frustration. I mean, she could have. She could have said it's up and it's stuck. It's up and it's stuck. But it's like it's up and it's up and it's up and it's. That's not even saying. The saying is it's up and it's stuck. So like the fact that mm-hmm. she would say up so many times and he say it too. I don't know. It's just really similar. It's just really it is similar. It's a coincidence, but I mean, I just because remember when the the whole Drake mm-hmm. thing happened when we found out about um, him having a ghostwriter. Because mm-hmm. one of the songs got um, somebody found like the Ghostwriters version of the song or whatever. I forgot what song it was, but it was like the same song, just Drake's voice. But yeah, that was his Ghostwriter. Ghost yeah, but that yeah, was his Ghostwriter. Ghost but I, I just think a lot of songs repeat itself. I really do. I just I don't know. I just of, feel like she now don't... in rap music, especially in rap music, the, today's rap music. A lot of these city girl songs, even making the sound, they sound the same. I just feel like Cardi gonna have, she gonna come up with a settlement for it, whether we hear about it or not. Yeah, I think she, and I think she is too. I think, I feel like she's a good businesswoman at the same time. She's either gonna give that man the credit that he deserves if somebody did drop the ball or just, like you said, come up with a settlement. But I don't think... I just don't think it was done purposely. Like, you know how Fashion Nova be taking these designers' ideas and all that? I don't think it was no shit like that. Even if it's somebody in her team did drop the ball, I don't think it was something that was malicious. Well, and um, a lot of, not all beats come with just beats. Like, some of them do have, like, a chorus attached. Or, like, you know, and it's just, like, mm-hmm. up to the artist to say, yeah, I want the beat, or yeah, I want the beat in that chorus, let me record yeah. You know, so I could see how it happened and maybe they just didn't. I mean, she said she never heard of the guy, but she may have gotten a song with like a hook already on it. She was like, I fuck with that hook. Let me go yeah. ahead and, you know, keep that. So I don't yeah. know, but. Because to me, it sounds like Cardi to me. I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, it's I like the song. The song sounds good, but it's just like the similarities are like crazy. And she can't say that like, oh, they're copying her because. She just released a song, and like they got videos yeah. of them performing it. And when when's the last time we had a performance? That was pre COVID, so mm-hmm. yeah. And how would they have heard her music before she dropped it? You know, so yeah, somebody got to pay up. But, yeah. But anyways, so uh, speaking of big Mac trucks <laughs> in, in his little garage, <laughs> parked his big Mac truck. Right, just little garage. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was a mess. Trey Songz video has leaked. If you haven't seen it, um, I don't know where you have been, but there was a video leaked of Trey Songz receiving fellatio from a lady friend, and um, yeah, he he posted and you know he said he had this clip that 
That was talking about walking with a limp. And we see why. We see why, okay? Because if that was truly him, and I think that is him because he would have said it wasn't him. But then again, if it wasn't him, I don't know that I would have denied that. Because um, that third leg, child. It's huge. But, I mean, I'm conflicted. I can't, I don't even want to comment too much on it. Because of all the sexual allegations yeah. that he has. Um, and it's just like people forget, Every everybody was forgetting about it. Yeah. So I, I posted, I actually met Trey Songz like a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. and I posted like a picture with me and him and just like being funny. But at the end of the day, I don't think that we, I personally, I can't speak for everybody else. I personally don't forget the allegations or the, you know, the quote, you know, alleged griminess of him. But that doesn't take away from the fact that his man parts is just like, dang. Like, you know, I can still have, I feel like you can still have an opinion on that. It ain't to say like, oh, forget, you know, forget all that. Leave me in a room with him. Like, but it's, it's more so like, okay, we can acknowledge that you have, you're well endowed. However, you still be like forcing yourself on people. And now I think to me, it's it's even worse because like you forcing that on people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you shitty towards women just because you got a big penis, that don't take away from it. It just gets people, or at least for me, I know that it gets, you know, the public excitable and riled up. But at the same time, it ain't like I just like, ooh, let me go do Trey songs. Like, if you shitty towards women, you shitty towards women. Yeah, I just think it was more so like the fetishizing it for me. Where I was just like, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, that thing was too big. Yeah, it's big. I can acknowledge that it's big. Dude. And I'm not feeling like, ooh, some people was acting crazy over it. I was like, okay. Shit, this silhouette challenge, there's a lot of big dicks out there. <laughs> right, like, he's not the only one. But I think it was just, like, people haven't seen, I personally haven't seen nothing that big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just, Have like. Have you also seen, um... Have you also seen how he went to jail like a few weeks ago because he beat up an officer? What? Oh, he did. Yeah, he beat that officer ass, had him in a ch- in a chokehold. It was a video of him doing it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see the video. I just saw that he got arrested. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to find the video. Yeah, and he and I'm just like, first of all, Trey Songz, you're black. <laughs> Um, can't be doing shit like that. And it was over him not wearing a mask or something. Part of me is like cheering for him because it's like, hey, it's Black History Month. Like, <laughs> yeah, do what you gotta do to defend yourself. But the other part of me is like, you risking it all trying to fight a police mm-hmm. officer. Exactly. So yeah. now. Just a mess, just a mess. Yeah, but I, I guess that just, you know, proves that it ain't just little penises out here sexually assaulting women, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. anywho, we are going to get into our main segment. What's the main segment, Devin? We can tell when we get to the main segment. Yeah, y'all gonna like this one, juicy. But, all, all right. right. Let's get into it.
Okay, so for today's main segment, I just want to talk about how society just loves policing black women's bodies and just the hierarchy just in general. Like, you know what I mean? And it's a couple mm-hmm. things that has happened over the recent months that made me and Desiree want to talk about this. One was situation with Chloe. Another one was with these famous pastors running their mouth about black women's bodies. Um, then Lori Harvey, Jordan Woods, just Megan Thee Stallion. Like, people just feeling like they have the need, they have the right to just talk on black women's bodies. And when you think about this, research just kind of shows that black women are more likely than white women to be sexually objectified and perceived as less than fully human. And this really like goes back to like the slave era mm. where we were considered subhuman and likened to animals with uncontrollable sexual appetites. Um, so it was just like black women were already considered like sexual, highly sexual beings. And we're, we have to deal with the intersection of sexism, racism, and classism. So it's just like, can we have the choice to decide if we want to be sexual or not? Like, you know what I mean? Some people look at it as since we are looked at as sexual beings, that we should basically not be as sexual. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, it doesn't matter if I show my whole booty hole online or if I decide to cover up myself from head to toe, it's my choice. And it doesn't make me less of a person. So basically, this is going to be a little bit different from our regular main segments. Because typically we give y'all like, we educate y'all, we give y'all some things to walk away with. But this is just going to be more kind of just like an open discussion. Um, and just, of course, we're going to drop some gems and some education in there. But more just like an open discussion. So let's start out with Chloe Bailey. Um, this way you want to kind of explain what happened with all that? Yeah, so Chloe Bailey, if you don't know, she's one half of Chloe and Holly, um, which is like a duo. They're actually blood sisters and um, they are mentored by Beyonce. They've kind of grew up under the, the wing of Beyonce and the mentorship of her. So they have always had a joint Instagram account. And, you know, they go live and have fun and everything. But right now they're in separate areas of the world because they have different projects that they're working on. Um, So they created separate Instagram accounts. So this kind of, you know, made everybody go like crazy, like, oh, okay, because now you get to see their different personalities. Um, So if you go to both Instagrams, like Haley is the one that's kind of more like gives you more Solange vibes. Um, you know, she plays her guitar. She, she seems very zen, calm, cool, collected. And Chloe, um, has just been doing a damn thing and posting videos and, you know, pictures where she's kind of showing off her curves and everything. Um, Holly is the, I can't, I don't know if it's Holly or Haley, but she is the younger sister and Chloe is 22. So basically, um, Chloe put out a video celebrating 1 million followers. Cause like I said, they just separated their Instagram accounts and, f- and speak out there quick. My, uh, yeah, well, I think that was natural because I mean, if you're a fan of both of them, you pretty much once they have separate Instagrams, you're going to follow both of them. I don't, I don't it was know. that busted video. That's what it was. Yeah. She did the busted video challenge. And then, um, like, 
she did some like kind of silhouette dancing in um in her bedroom and yeah so the internet world went crazy and just was judging the hell out of her just like why is she you know she's such a hoe she's this she's that like why is she doing this like you don't have to be um sexual to be successful and just not it was just shit that if you for it to be black when women and men saying this about a black woman it's like we talk so much about how other races put us down and um, just look at us this certain way, but yeah, yet yeah, here is a young woman stepping into her own, and y'all are literally doing what we tell men to not do to us, which is box us in. Um, so you know, people have this idea that she was never this way, but now that she, you know, like she basically is letting her hoe out, and it's just it was just like really disheartening to read. All that stuff. I mean, obviously, for like me, it's not even me, and I was hurt. So um, she's the more sensitive of the sisters, and she like cries easily. And she went on Instagram Live and like addressed it and talked about how she has insecurities and she has stretch marks that she's had since she was like eleven. And um, you know, her sister is like super small, like a smaller frame, still a little curvy, but a smaller frame. And then here she is, like the thick one. Mm-hmm. So. Um, she just talked about, you know, battling those insecurities and how um, quarantine has brought her closer to God and how, like, she doesn't, she's not doing this for attention. Like, this is just what she wants, the, the content she wants to put out, regardless of who's paying attention because her relationship with God is so strong. Like, she doesn't need validation from anyone else. Yeah. And which was like a beautiful and articulate way to, to put it. And, but it's mm-hmm. like, she shouldn't have to explain that. Because fuck y'all. Period. Like <laughs> the fact that people are over here going that way. That's girl. Like the fact that these people assume that they know her. Talking about oh, like you don't have to do this. What if she's always been that way? But they, you know, always been. Well, clearly she's always been curvy. But maybe she always want to post this type of content. But their uh, IG manager is just like, no, we're gonna post the pictures of both of y'all. Like, you know, like, I don't understand. And they've had performances where they're sensual and sexy. Like, these are not kids. They are not 12 and 13. She's 22. 21. Yeah, she's 22, I think. And her sister is like 20 or 19. But they play on grownish. On grownish, they having sex and everything else. So why would you think in real life, you know, they, if you haven't listened to their album, for one, their last album, Ungodly Hour, is amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. But they talk. They have a song on there about being the other woman. They have a song on there about busy boy. Like these are still women that are dating and having relationships with people. And regardless of whether or not they're having sex, like if they want to enjoy what their body looks like, let that be. And it was just the whole thing was just really triggering for me because I talked about this a little bit on my Instagram story. Um, but growing up, I was skinny, like. Like, I was a size double zero, like, skinny, skinny, skinny. And um, I remember, like, somebody in high school, like, asking me if I was anorexic. And, like, I didn't cry in the moment, but I cried later. And, like, when I was small like that, I never had any issues. Because that was before, like, the big butts was popular, you know? So I didn't really have issues with me being that small. 
I just kind of looked at it like, I mean, I'm just skinny. Like, I never, I always ate it, ate what I wanted. Like, I was that girl that ate hot Cheetos mm-hmm. and honey buns every day. Like, yeah. I was, I was eating like five meals, seven meals a day. Like, I was eating whatever I wanted, junk food left and right. And I just had a fast metabolism and just whatever. Um, yeah. so after um, high school and community college, I still lived with my mom, but I just started to kind of fill out a little bit. And there was, it wasn't because I was, you, you know, changing up what I ate. It's just naturally, as a woman, our body goes through changes. Just like we naturally get boobs. Like, you can naturally get hips and butt. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I remember um, a family member, I won't say who, but I remember a family member, like, talking to my parents, but I was in the room and saying, like, oh, she sure is, like, filling out. Um, you know, her hips are spreading like pancakes. You know, I wonder what she's doing. Like, basically, the old school way of implying that I was having sex. And not only was I not having sex at that time, but it was like, it wasn't until years later that I was having sex. So, my body changes had nothing to do with whether I was having sex or not. Yet, here is a woman, a black woman sexualizing me and making it seem making me seem hypersexual just because my body is naturally changing and that's what black women have to go through and actually when I posted that story my mom responded to the story and talked about how when she was growing up she was skinny too and she was kind of flat chested and she remembered like family members saying to her like when are you gonna get boobs like everybody else in the family got boobs like where when are your boobs coming and it's like Black women, we there's so many layers to the trauma that we go through. And and you may hear that and not even think that is trauma, but it is a form of trauma because then you're you're holding on to that for the rest of your life, thinking that something is wrong with you because you don't look like this. And you know, trying to fit this, you know, mold or like to this day, I look at that family member differently. You know, that has affected yeah. my relationship with them because I just didn't like how it it made me feel, especially as a young teenage girl. And that's where it comes into being generational. Like it, like I said in the when we started the main segment, it goes all the way back to like slavery days, uh, just how black women were just we've been hypersexualized back to um, slavery days. And it's just something that our community has picked up naturally because we've been told that. And you've been told that so many times, of course, we're going to believe it eventually. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why your mom has experienced that growing up. And I'm sure her mom has experienced it. And the people before and the women before that has experienced that as well. Um, Because if you think about it, two centuries ago, Sarah Bartman, it was a South African woman known for her big booty, and she was placed in the European freak shows. And this was actually, if you remember, Kim Kardashian did, mm-hmm. she was on the cover of some magazine with her butt out, and it was basically like kind of, I guess, showing homage to that, to Sarah. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about when it was like her, her big her butt, butt and down. then it was like mm-hmm. something like, I don't know, like something splashed into her butt or like, I don't know. It, but mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. But she was over-sexualized because she just, she just had a bigger butt. And even after she died, 
Her brain and her skeleton and sexual organs remained on display in a museum. That's just crazy to me. It's disgusting. Because they just they just thought it was just so you unnatural. Know what I mean? they just thought it was so like sexual and so interesting, and it's just like what? Like you? That's trauma that's been passed down in our in our culture. Yeah. And it's, it was even so bad to the point wealthy customers would um, basically pay for prominent demonstrations in their homes which basically they allowed people to touch her and all types of things. Yeah. Oh, imagine the type of trauma that she experienced. Mm -hmm. And that type of shit is passed down. Like, you know what I mean? And, and I think it's shun. And, you know, if you think about just like society and how at one point they were like, you know, um, being a white woman that was skinny, like that was what was in. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that kind of goes back to like slavery as well. I think everything goes back to slavery, y'all. Well, it's all like a cycle, like how we talked about music. Like, it's all a cycle because, like, how people wear waist trainers, people wore, of course, oh, okay. But, like, um, before I lose this thought, but because if you think about it, like, when it came to like the masters having sex with, um, you know, the slaves Mm -hmm. and the women and all that. I'm sure they was in like that and they knew about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why partially why white, like at a certain time for so long, skinny white women was just like the ideal body type and the ideal way mm-hmm. to look because white women in a way kind of like back then, they weren't really fooling with us like that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They had sort of jealousy. Yeah. So, white women were slave owners too. Yeah, they were. And yeah. I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, like, it wasn't women, just like, oh, no, my husband owns slaves and that's just my husband. Like, no, there were single white women that owned slaves. They had a, they had assistants that were slaves. They had, they you know, they made or whatever that were slaves. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I agree with what you're saying about everything. And when you think about it, like, as a white woman, I'm sure that has you fucked up in the head to, like, why is my husband picking his slave over me mm-hmm. to have sex with. And it's like, when you think about it, like why, why else would he other than obviously there was something physically attractive about us. Yeah. Um, and it's just our natural physique. And, and that goes, that's the start of the whole hypersexuality with us because these white women thought a lot of them thought that the slaves were like, enticing the master or trying to come after him yeah or pushed up on him and it's like no he what if he just wanted her yeah what if you know a lot of these slaves that had these children with a master like they had husbands in the field they had other children with their husbands and then all of a sudden they pregnant and have a mixed baby Mm -hmm. like i don't think they wanted to ruin their family like that or like you know so um yeah, it's just disgusting, and um, it is disgusting. So many stereotypes that comes along with it, um, and it's just it's it's just so weird how society has placed value on just being thin, being like the ideal body type that attract men. When just culturally, <laughs> and what's going on now preferences have been proven otherwise like you know what i mean because when mm-hmm. you think about just even just um and you know big booties weren't in style and i don't feel like they were really in style 
until like around Kim Kardashian era. Yeah, I think it was, I want to say like 2004, 2003-ish, because I remember Beyonce being looked at as like, not fat, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, like thick, but with a bad connotation with it. Because yeah. she talked about her struggles with, you know, trying to keep her weight under control. And it was like, that Beyonce was, I mean, the Beyonce that we got now was way thicker than that Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she was a thick one of the group. And that was saying something in itself to even have her in the front. And mm-hmm. have her, you know, not be this skinny mini. Um, and I think that the whole big butt thing came about because of black women and other women wanting to imitate us such as Kim Kardashian um, Mm. because they realized that men want us no matter what and the only thing that they can do is try to make themselves seem as attractive which then we get blackface then we get um, uh, them getting surgery to make their hips wider, their butts bigger and this is just something that we just naturally have. Like, we can't help that. Like, I don't, the only skinny black women that I know, they just come from skinny families. But, like, me getting my butt and hips and stuff, like, that was just out of nowhere. Like, I wasn't doing nothing. I went in the gym. <laughs> I was yeah. not, you know, getting surgery or nothing else to get hips and a butt. It just happened. You just get into your grown woman weight after a while. Mm-hmm. So just adding on to this conversation, it was a clip by Pastor Michael Todd that I've come about, which is, if you don't know him, he's one of the famous pastors. He's like a um, millennial pastor. He's a what? He's like a millennial pastor. Like he does a lot of, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's about our age, like millennial age, and he does a lot of... Um, um, a lot of visuals with his sermons. So yeah, because in this one, this nigga was in water and it was like raining, and I was just, I was kind of confused. But you know, I didn't know if he was like walking on water, if it was just the rain. I didn't, I didn't even go watch all of it. But I did. Let me play the clip for y'all. To be a husband that is not trying to impress his college buddies. Uh. But be an anchor for your family that may not be as impressive on the ground. But you're inviting the next generation to love and lead their families. I'm about to preach this thing right now. I'm asking you, young lady, not to do the silhouette challenge and be impressive with your body. They don't even want to know what's in your mind no more because you've shown them everything that's under your clothes. But what I'm telling you right now is that you can be more impactful than impressive. And it's time for the church. I'm about to preach right now. It's time for the church to make a decision. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if anybody thinks what we're doing. I'm asking you. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say we might have to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's what. It is. Um. Yeah. Um. So first thing, I'm going to start with this. I don't think he really realized what he said. 
in some way. Like I get, he, I think he had a message, and he was just trying to like tie like popular things into the message. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think, just like a lot of men, I don't think they realize the weight and the like the audacity in their words when they comment on women's bodies like that. And them making decisions of what they want to do with their body. Yeah. And I, I think that partly to blame for that is the hierarchy. Pi- hierarchy. How the fuck you say it? Hierarchy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually I don't I don't want to say I was, but um I Okay, I occasionally occasionally listen to Pastor Michael Todd. I used to like really really be into him, um, but somebody kind of told me that he panders to black women, and I haven't been able to unsee that since I since I heard that. Like I can't unhear it. Um, and yeah, in a way, he does. Like I think that of course, like as a millennial pastor or any pastor, like you have to stay relevant. You have to state things that's going to capture and keep your audience's attention and that are relevant to these current times to bring a message for it to hit home. But I agree with what you said. I don't think I didn't watch this whole sermon, but I don't think that the silhouette challenge had a place in that message because it just seemed, I mean, you're talking about be impactful instead of impressive. And what's impressive, impressive about the silhouette challenge like there's no I mean like yeah it's just a challenge with anything else I mean I could say it's impressive for people to do TikTok dance challenges like I mean nobody's calling them impressive like I mean we're entertained by them and like that's that we move on to the next one um but I just think that why can't we be both yeah and I well and a silhouette is just the outlining of something so in this case the silhouette challenge and if y'all don't know it's basically this challenge where people are um turning off their lights and they they have this red glow where it shows their silhouette so you're basically looking at the shadow of a person now some people are doing this this challenge naked um and some people are doing it with clothes but either way you never see their body parts you just see the outline of their body um so for I, I just think like I, I feel like there's a lot worse things in this world that you could do than worry just about a silhouette challenge. And this is coming from a pastor who has openly admitted um, a previous addiction to porn. Um, so there's another question on like how you even stumbled across the silhouette challenge. Um, I mean, I guess we all could, you know, just I mean, I ain't go searching for it and I've seen plenty of them. But I mean, but when you think about algorithm, I mean, I would expect for something like that to pop up in your algorithm. But his, I mean, shouldn't he be following like other pastors and <laughs> godly pages? So it really shouldn't pop up in your well, algorithm. Maybe somebody did hashtag church in one of their hashtags under their silhouette challenge. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, girl. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, honestly. But I just think religion plays a lot of part in like, um, just over sexual over um over sexualizing women as well, mm-hmm. um, and thinking certain things are sexual when in re- in reality a woman could just be embracing her body. Because I seen like somebody else said I know that's a a super Christian as well talking about this, 
And she was talking about how, because, you know, like you said, some people are doing it naked. And some people, I get, you know, you can do anything on the Internet. Some folks are, like, lining up the pictures where you can actually see, like, them being naked. Yeah, um, where you can remove the red glow. Mm-hmm, which is very unfortunate that people are sick enough to do that. But, um, and she was just like, it's just not a good look in general. And I was just like... What's a good look, sis? Like, what you, like, why is it so much judgment about what a woman decides to do with her body? Right. And, I mean, let's be realistic here. Um, a lot of things that we do in this world are worldly. And as a Christian or any re- religion, you are not supposed to be um, of worldly things. So, that can apply to so much stuff, such as Instagram. Like, ideally, you shouldn't have an Instagram at all. Ideally, you shouldn't have social media at all because that's, you know, the internet and everything else could be could be looked at as, like, the root of evil. Um, mm. You know, and, like, the devil's playground or, like, a way for you to fall into this rabbit hole of other stuff. So, the just the idea that not doing this challenge is going to, you know, and that's why I said... He has kind of this reputation of pandering to black women um, because a lot of his sermons are directed towards black women. Like, I remember he came out with his relationship goals book, and that was like in February, like, I want to say, or I think it was like the beginning. It was either February or March, but it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic. And it's like, why are you promoting this book at a time where, I mean, I granted you, you probably already got this book, got them printed out, you got to sell them. But it's poor timing and poor taste to promote this when people are easily um, just already challenged with being lonely because of the pandemic. And now you're, you're selling an idea to them on a relationship, which can then, you know, if these people aren't healed or already broken or whatever the case, they can fall victim to anything during a pandemic because they lonely and then they read this relationship book. Um, I just think that there, he does a lot of pandering. I did really like him. And I'm not going to say that I don't anymore, but I just think that people just need to shut up. Yeah. I think he didn't tell me to stop doing the silhouette challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I think in general, just religion do kind of like, um, just prey on single, single women. And I don't like that. Yeah. Like, what you need to do to be a wife and all this other stuff. And, yeah, I just don't think, I don't think that's okay. Like, I really don't. Right. That's one thing I don't care for. And there's minimal accountability for men. And it's it's always, like, a woman should, a a Proverbs woman, you know, it's always the woman, the woman, the woman. And there's very little accountability for men. But regardless of anything, it's like you're not really supposed to be in church to focus on that. Like your ultimate goal. I feel like a lot of times like it's like, okay, if you do X, Y, Z, then you can get the husband that you want. And if you get closer with God, you can get the husband that you want. And I think a lot of people are like they pursue this relationship with God, of course. Yes, of course, they probably want it, but I think they pursue it because, oh, I want to be 
I want to be a wife. I want to get this. Like, you know what I mean? Right. For the benefits rather than the actual relationship. And right. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, Carisha. Um, yeah, I agree. And I feel like, you know, and anybody listening to this, I don't want you to take this as us attacking your religion or your pastor or anything of that sort. But I want just people to open their eyes and to see that a lot of things in society, you know, it's, it's, it's marketing, Mm -hmm. including a church that is, you know, has a million dollar building and needs to pay that, you know, needs the Mm -hmm. funds to pay that, including a pastor that's releasing a, a, a relationship book here. And the thing it, okay, whatever. I have so many thoughts on that, but whatever. Yeah, we're going to go into it. We'll have another episode. But just overall, these type of things affect people's mental health. Chloe was literally crying on Instagram about this. I can imagine, I've never been like a super hard Christian. So like the whole, I'm going to act this way so I can give me a husband was never a thing for me. But I've seen it really affect women and like their mental health of just like, he hasn't came. My husband hasn't came yet. Like, you know, just this been so obsessiveness much. This obsessiveness with it. over it and just being like uh, the Proverbs. What is it? Girl, this is, right. you know, I don't, is it 31? Proverbs 31. That's what it is. Proverbs 31, woman. And it really, like, I just feel like it really can affect a woman's mental health. And I just think society just needs to be more open about women doing whatever the fuck they want with their body. So down with the hierarchy, like fuck the hierarchy, like for real. And I think just this man, dom- male dominated society has ultimately affected every area of our lives, mm-hmm. including race. Cause you want to think about black men and like, Black men only have to worry about racism. They don't have to deal with the side effects of sexism. It affects race. It affects religion because religion is very male dominated as well. It affects, of course, sexism. It just affects um, sexuality. Um, so it's just fuck the hierarchy. And I just think we just really need to let people do what they want. Men have been able to do what they want for years. Outside of just not showing their emotions. Um, But outside of that, they can sit here and have sex with how many people they want to. And it's okay. It's just a man being a man. Or, but don't you, you dare know, have 10 bodies, bitch. You a hoe. <laughs> like, if you, like he can have... You better not have, like, in high school and in college. Like, people... Men, dudes used to really ask, like, your body count. And it's like, let's start off, like, you go first, nigga, because I know at least five five girls you slept with, so we let's start off at five and go and from we there. we supposed to accept that. Like, it's just like, no, we need the same standards on both ends. And then, like, it's just crazy when you get into even that conversation of just having, like, the same standards and same expectations. Me and be like, well, we need to split the bills. Y'all are goofy. Like, having, like, just the same rights, just in general... <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with you pursuing it. Nothing. Right. That's like that's like black people fighting for the same rights and then white people saying, well, you got to pay um, like more taxes than us to catch up for the fact that we pay taxes all this time. Or like, like, mm-hmm. like come on now. Like, or like you have to give up reparations because like it's, it's just over. Like, no, like that, they don't go, finances and rights don't go hand in hand in like, you get one or the other. Like, it doesn't work like yeah, that. it doesn't work like that. So, just, 
just over just overall the whole point of this discussion was just to let black women do what they want with their body even white women or any other person of color let women do what the fuck they want with their bodies right and i hope i hope that you know everyone listens to this podcast i mean i i believe we have like a a large female um a large women based uh listeners but you know whether regardless of whether you're a woman man whatever um i just hope that you take from this to just love yourself and don't let other people's opinion affect how you love yourself because it's always going to be something like all like me and Devin can sit here and run down whatever insecurities we have not or had before. But like, that's the thing is like, we will always have something that we're not happy with all of us, but it's getting to that point where you're so content with how you are and just accepting yourself to where someone else can't tear you down just because you did something that they didn't like. Like I, that's that's the thing. Like I, it doesn't matter whether you like the fact that I'm being sexy on Instagram. What if I'm? What if I don't have an Instagram and I'm sexy in real life? Like, are you just gonna walk up to me and talk crazy? No, it's these internet bullies who want to sit here and talk shit about people over the internet. Like you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that. Or a person shouldn't be dressed like this because the type of profession they're in or something like that. And it's just, it's stupid because it's just like, just because somebody wants to present as sexy does not disassociate that person from their intellectual like capacity. Right. Like, why do I have to, why do I have to be? make sure that my clothes make me look boxy in order for you to listen to me. The issue is not women um, and what we look like. The issue is society. The issue is society and the fact that you can't do both. You can't walk and chew gum. You can't listen to me and also look at my curves. Like, and that that's a problem for you. You need to be able to do both. So women, do whatever makes you happy. Love your body. If you don't want to show your body, you, you're more conservative, that's okay. That's completely okay. I support you, queen. But if you do want to do that, like it's just whatever you want to do. Right. And I really hate to see like it's a lot of women talking about like, you know, the more conservative women talking about like over sexualization and stuff like that. It's just like, girl, support your good sis. Like if she want to do that, let her do that. You know what I mean? Let's not play like. Oh, I shouldn't even say this. Never mind. I ain't gonna say that. <laughs> But let's not play like we all know somebody that that grew up very religious and be out here being the biggest freaks out here. So like, but let's not play like you know you really over here with that high of a moral and standard. And there are some people that really are very religious and stick to that. But the thing is, regardless of whatever, you should not shame others. Mm-hmm. Just be a good human. Like, if you don't like what the what good sis got on because you feel like she's doing the most, but you like her hair, go tell her you like her hair. That's, yeah. like, give her a compliment on whatever you can find, but don't tear somebody down just because it's something yeah. that you don't like. And if you find yourself thinking about tearing somebody down or just thinking, like, judging somebody because of, like, what they have on and stuff, just ask yourself, why does this bother me so much? Mm-hmm. What is it triggering within you? Why does it bother you what another woman does with her body? And that's not even no shade of things. That's just exploring your own 
um, thinking style, your thinking patterns and your own traumas, because it could be connected to something that you've experienced or something that you've been shamed for in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm going to say is like our society is based a lot on what a white man thought was right. And let me tell you, a lot of what a white man thought was right is wrong. Okay. So Period. what we've been taught it's like it's just it's almost like a mirage like you know what i mean i just want people just to challenge like things that they've been taught is right and wrong and really think about it and just make the decision for yourself as to what's right or wrong for you and keep in mind whatever is right or wrong for you may not be right or wrong for the other part for somebody else and overall, just do what makes you happy as long as it's not harming anyone else or harming yourself. Mm-hmm. Do what makes you happy and allow other people to do what makes them happy. Right. Period. Period. It's a whole panoramic um, panini out here. People, we losing exactly. people left and right. It's, it's a lot of shit going on in this world. If you If doing something makes you happy... And like Devin said, it's not harming anybody else to do that. You got one life to live that we know of. And, um, you know, just like do whatever makes you feel good. If it makes you feel good to put on a dress that's sexy, then wear that dress. Like if that's what's going to boost up your spirit for the day and make you this positive, loving person, then do that. If you feel like wearing a big white tee and some (laughs) joggers, do that like you know you sh- we're not confined we don't have to be one or the other we don't have to be this set cookie cutter of a woman like we can mm-hmm. be whatever we want to be in this world and the beauty about black women i mean people in general but the beauty about black women is the fact that none of us are the same and that's our magic our magic is being able to being innovative being creative, being exactly who we are and showing up as that every day. So don't let nobody take that magic from you or, you know, take the steal the joy from you because it's yours. You deserve everything in this world. And if something makes you happy, go out and do that. But yeah, so that's that on that. And this was a good discussion. So good that um, we pretty much are done. You know, for a friend um really wasn't any controversial topics on twitter or anything this week besides the gorilla goo girl <laughs> that's, that's really discussed prior to this because he was just not thinking straight but we we i did find out on reddit it's like a whole advice area and we can just pull something from there so this on reddit this person posed i am having issues with therapy um and it goes like this okay so i started going to therapy three months ago after a very painful and sudden breakup that brought up a heap of negative emotions and issues i already had with myself it's helped me make better connections and understand my issues a bit better it also has also made me feel more calmer at times when i'm really feeling down my therapist is very nice and professional 
The problem is that I was already pretty aware and introspective. So I was expecting more solutions because I already knew what was wrong and why. But I feel like the only advice I get is to give yourself time and learn to love yourself. I don't know really what to do with that. Also, every time I go now, she asks me what I want to talk about that day. I don't know. I thought she would have a plan for me. Now the thought of the question gives me anxiety before each session because I feel I don't have good enough subjects and it's my fault we're not making any progress. It's my first time in therapy. Is this how it works? A month ago, I got back with my boyfriend and things have been pretty amazing and I'm not sad anymore. I feel good, but I also feel... I have less stress than ever to bring up in therapy session now. Even so, the idea of taking a break gives me anxiety because I'm afraid it might be the wrong it might be wrong or irresponsible. I'm afraid that maybe my relationship being back to how it was shouldn't make me this happy. I don't know if I should take a break or not. I also want to mention that paying for therapy is not easy for me. So sometimes when we really don't make any progress in a session, I feel like I'm wasting money. I guess I don't really understand how therapy works. It's not what I expected. I don't know what to do with all these feelings of guilt, and I don't want to mention them to my therapist because I don't feel like she's doing anything wrong, and I don't want to imply that to her. Any um, any advice on what I should do would be great. You want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Um, so my advice would be, I mean, it seems like she has a few different issues going on because, you know, the whole paying for therapy, not feeling like she's having progress, but then also the skepticism of her relationship and if she should really be feeling this way. For one, I think that's a topic that you could bring up with your therapist and y'all can unpack that. Um, but for two, I think that she should have this candid conversation with her therapist, like, you can't, it's not to say that I understand her like dilemma of like, I don't want her to feel like she's doing anything wrong. A, a reasonable therapist or a, you know, a true therapist is going to understand that and not take it personally. You know, they're going to like then ask you, okay, what are you looking for? Are there certain topics that you want to heal from? Or like maybe we could start from your childhood, maybe you could, you know, maybe we could unpack certain things. You know, do you want to focus on relationships? Do you want to focus on work? Do you want to focus on friendships? Like, you know, there's different areas that if you feel like you haven't completely unpacked and addressed everything, then that's an easy segue into them. And a true understanding therapist is going to take it as my client needs more and I need to tweak to give her more. Um, But if, that conflict just gives you like too much anxiety for you to ever bring up to her, then I would suggest trying out a different therapist for a little bit. Yeah. For you to have this much anxiety, it doesn't sound like therapy is working for you. It sounds like you're going there and completely venting. Um, and it probably, you probably feel better because like you said, you don't have as many stressors and it sounds like, you can have this conversation with her, but if you feel like you're wasting your money, you need to find a different therapy therapist. It's cool that she's nice and professional, but it's not giving. She's not giving you what you need. It sounds like you need more tangible coping skills and things to walk away from, walk away with. And it doesn't sound like she's giving you that. It sounds like her therapy style is very person centered and just giving you like the validation and the reassurance that you need. But people, like I said, different therapists has different therapy styles. For me, I'm more of a therapist. I'm really more tangible because I know 
I primarily work with black people. So it's just like, we've been just like letting time pass and learning to love ourselves for so long. So we need tangible coping skills to help us deal with that anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think you probably need to look for a different therapist. Maybe you need to find one that specializes in cognitive behavioral therapy um, or even just look up the different te- techniques online yourself and just look up like therapy style therapy techniques that's more that provides like tangible coping skills. I know um, cognitive behavioral therapy does, but a lot of therapists, we tend to intertwine, like I intertwine a lot of different therapy styles and I use different things from different therapy styles. Um, so I, I do a combination of cognitive behavioral, um, DBT, act therapy, and then like EMDR and like trauma focus. And I just try to give the client what they need. Um, I do a lot of psychoeducation because once a person learns how their anxiety work or whatever, like mental diagnosis that they're dealing with, they can kind of like cope with it better, if that makes sense. So it just sounds like she may be sweet and that's cool, but it sounds like you need a different therapist. Yeah. Yeah. And she probably, I mean, you know, obviously we don't know the therapist side or the background with everything, but if you have been going, if the entire time you've been going to her, you started off with, okay, let me tell you what happened. Or like you started off venting. Maybe she just kind of thinks that that's the nature of the therapy yeah. that you need. And she's just become accustomed to you coming in, usually having a problem. And so maybe that she's kind of like thrown out her plan in a way to like help you in maybe a crisis or like, you know, but it eventually should get back on track. So, you know, maybe she just needs that nudge, like, Hey, I'm ready for more. But again, if you're not ready for that, then just find somebody else. Yeah. Also as a therapist, she should recognize it because I will say some clients do come in they do just need to get everything off their chest for about three months. (laughs) <laughs> talk about their whole life and everything they experienced for three months and I don't really give them anything tangible but once they start coming to session they're just like well I don't nothing really happened okay let's get into this, <laughs> this other stuff then but even with them coming into vent I still give them psychoeducation over the things that's going on in their mind and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I mean sometimes that learn to love yourself and just give it time type of therapist. It may work well for a lot of people, but for some people it don't, especially if you're like a tangible person and you need to see progress. Um, And she should also should have given you like a, y'all should have created like a treatment plan for yourself together. So you can actually, I'm sure you've made progress. Um, You just don't realize it. And that's why treatment plans are so important in like the intake assessment at the beginning. So a therapist is supposed to go back and go over all that with you after a certain point and just be like, look at all the progress you made, girl, what are you doing it? And, you know, mm-hmm. I have my little sessions like that too. So it's just, I don't know. It sounds like you may need a different therapist, not to shade sis, but, you know, people got different styles and it doesn't seem like her style really works for you. Yeah. Especially since you've already been pretty aware. Yeah. And that's, um, that's kind of what you were going through with your when I met you the therapist that you had mm-hmm. yeah she was cool you kind of felt was... like stagnant for a while and then I was like great you just need to find a new therapist and you've been good ever since yeah I switched therapy therapist twice so you just gotta figure out what you need 
So yeah, I guess that's it for asking for a friend. This episode went on longer than I expected. Both of us expected, but we hope that y'all are able to enjoy it. Um, so be sure to follow us on all social media platforms: Twitter, Self Care Gang Pod, Instagram, Self Care Gang, Self Care Gang, and then follow me, sent from Devin, the E V Y N, and then Desiree is Desi Cakes. Um, and yeah, be sure to leave us good ratings, leave us reviews and all that good stuff. So yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Ooh, ooh. bye y'all.